Welcome to the Frugal Fit Mom podcast. My name is Christine, and today I am going to be answering your holiday questions. I asked over on Instagram what questions you had regarding the holidays, and I'm here to answer them. Wherever you are listening, if you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, that would be completely amazing. I have a video version on YouTube. I'm also anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you want to jump on the next time I do an Instagram Q&A like this, I'm on Instagram at frugalfitmom6. Frugal Fit Mom 6. Okay, here are the questions. I will try and run through these as quickly as possible because it is the holidays. I know you've got things to do, places to go, people to see. At what age do you stop gifting to other family members? This is going to be nieces, nephews, extended family. I stopped doing this once the extended family hit two kids each. I have like 35 nieces and nephews. So you could imagine how ridiculous that is to purchase something for every single niece and nephew. Plus their parents are getting them things. Plus their grandparents are getting them things. And then the kid has too much stuff. So we spoke with all the siblings. When each sibling was having their second-ish child, we just had a conversation. It was no big deal. It was like, hey, this is a lot. We want to scale back a little bit. And we're just not going to do extended gifts. So what we did instead, we do it a little differently on each side of the family. In my family, we don't exchange gifts with siblings or nieces and nephews at all. On my husband's side of the family, we rotate families, if that makes sense. It's almost like picking a name or picking a family. So you can give a gift to the parents or you can choose gifts for the kids. But we rarely did one present, like every single person would get a present. We rarely did that because it just gets crazy. Like it, it's too much to end up buying. Like for example, this year I have... Dave's younger brother's family, his family, and there's six people in that family. So we tend to do one gift, at, maybe as a family gift, like a family game or something, maybe something for the wife who does the cooking in the kitchen. Maybe she wants something. It's pretty low key. It's very, really not a big deal, but I really think conversation is the best way to handle that. What are some big meal ideas when hosting a holiday meal for 15 to 20 people? Listen to me on this one. The traditional meals are not expensive. I just saw hams for 99 cents a pound. So you could do a 15 pound ham for $15. A big bag of potatoes. You can do mashed potatoes, a potato casserole. You could do baked potatoes. Potatoes are cheap. Some rolls and some of the people that are coming assign out some dishes, like one family that's coming say, Hey, can you bring a nice big green salad? That would be amazing. Thank you. You know, someone else that's coming, you'd be like, would you mind handling the dessert for the dinner? They bring the dessert. So what did you spend? You know, your cheap potatoes, your cheap ham and some rolls, which are also inexpensive, assign out a few boom, inexpensive holiday meal. And everyone has contributed healthy Christmas morning breakfast ideas. So I have a question back for you. Why? <laughs> Why do you need a healthy Christmas morning breakfast? I I feel like Christmas morning is the one day of the year where you're like, whatever you want. That being said, I think a frittata is a great idea. If you have small children, please cover their ears or put headphones in for this next question. This is for the grownups only. Did you tell your kids about Santa or did you not introduce it to them as real? We totally did the Santa thing when my children were small. There's something so magical about it that I can't describe. Now, you do whatever you want to do for your family. It's, you know, it's your family. Make your own decisions. Uh, we chose to do it. So they learned between the ages of 8 and 11, depending on the kid. When they find out at 8, it was pretty devastating. That was Haley. She was 8 years old. Uh, but once they're about 10-ish, they kind of know already. So I, I really did enjoy 
the magic when they were small. So I found it fun, really exciting. I'm a little sad it's over, but I'll, I'll see what my kids end up doing for their kids when they get there. We're still a few years out from that. I am interested to see how they handle that moving forward. Not holiday, but will you share more from your Grand Canyon hiking trip? I believe so. In fact, I think we're going to talk about that in next week's podcast. Uh, I'll have Haley on and we are going to talk all Grand Canyon stuff. If you're watching the video version, you can leave your questions down in the comments. What are your Grand Canyon questions? So we can go ahead and record that and answer those. My favorite gifts to receive. My love language is not gifts. <laughs> I, I don't love to get gifts, really. I love to give gifts, but getting them is not really what's important to me. So I don't particularly care. I, I feel like if it, any thought has been put into it at all, I'll love it, whatever it is. Um, I'm pretty easygoing as far as gifts go. A few years ago, I was really enjoying monster drinks. I don't drink them anymore, but my mom bought me a case of the Ultra Rosa, which is the pink one for Christmas. That was my Christmas gift from my mom. And it was amazing. Like it wasn't expensive. She just knew me and knew that that's what I liked and got it for me. So that's what I would consider a thoughtful gift. My favorite cookies to make, make or eat? Um, yes, <laughs> I love cookies. I love drop cookies specifically. I don't prefer the rolled cookies. I don't really like sugar cookies at all. Your standard chocolate chip. I make a white chocolate cranberry oatmeal Christmas cookie that's delicious, like soft molasses cookies. Oh my gosh, snickerdoodles, love. I just love cookies. I love holiday cookies. Just give me all the cookies. How do you be nice but stern about in-laws buying the kids 30 presents each? It's overwhelming. It's all about clear communication and expectations. And you could even approach it like if it were me, I would go into it and be like, hey, I want to talk to you about something. First of all, we are so grateful that you are so incredibly generous. You know, it's one of the things we love about you. But I've been doing some research about how kids get overwhelmed with the quantity of presents. Let me show you these cool studies. We want to lean into fewer items. If you wanted to spend a dollar amount, maybe it's a dollar amount. That's fine, but we would really like to limit the number as to not overwhelm the kids. I really hope you would support us in this family decision moving forward, right? If you approached it like that, you, I think you would really learn if these people are just not understanding what they're doing or if they don't understand what you want or if they're they really don't care what you want. So that's something to learn. I might try that and see how it goes. Please report back. I'm super interested to know how that goes. How do you teach your kids gift giving for each other? So I would give each kid a, a dollar amount. When they were really young, it was $5. And we'd go to Dollar Tree. Now that they're a little older, it's like $20 each. They used to buy one present per sibling. But I think I'm going to rotate those kids also just so they pick one. I love this question. How do you get your family to leave at a decent hour so small children can go to sleep? So this is something you talk about before the day of the get-together, before. So I hosted Thanksgiving this year, and my family did a family turkey trot beforehand, like a 5K. And I knew that between the 5K and the travel and showering when we got home, we would not be ready to receive guests until 12 o'clock, like noon on Thanksgiving Day. And that's what I told everybody that was coming. I was like, hey, do not come before 12. You can come after 12. Do not come before 12. We will probably eat around one and you have to leave by 10. So I have older kids. So I was able to set the time. And my brother has younger kids and ended up leaving earlier than that anyway, because he had to drive and put his kids to bed. But if it's something that's discussed earlier, like, hey, happy to host, but I really need everyone to be done by 830 as we're doing our personal family bedtime routine. 
So as long as it's discussed beforehand and understood, I don't think there's any problems there. I think the problems come when you don't state your expectations and wishes and then get irritated when they don't follow them. If I'm in the moment and the conversation's going, but it's 8.30 and I, I had already told everybody and no one's moving, I have no issue being like, okay, guys, it's 8.30. I got to go to my kids' bedtime routines. I hope everybody drives safely home. Thank you for coming. Let me get your coat. Like you can totally do that in a nice way. What running shoe do you recommend to buy for Christmas? <laughs> it really depends on what you're looking for. A road shoe, a trail shoe, a treadmill shoe. And also everybody's feet are a little bit differently. It makes the most sense to go into a running specific store and try on a bunch of them. I love the Brooks Ghost for road running shoes. It is my go-to. It has been for over 10 years. I love that shoe. There's a few I like for trail. The Dynafit Ultra 100 is my favorite trail shoe. It's a little heavier, super rugged. Uh, I also have the La Sportiva Jackals for a more lightweight shoe. It's not quite as supportive. That's also a trail shoe. Those are my shoes, but that doesn't mean that you'll like the shoes that I like. How to handle a gathering when you cut off a specific family member. Uh, you could just not go. That's an option. If you don't have a choice, like it's, let's say it's a sibling or something and the parents have invited them and they're all going to be there. You could just keep a big buffer. Um, I've done things like that where I just keep a wide buffer for the person I don't wish to speak to. You can be civil without being friends. You know what I mean? Any tips about parent guilt about Christmas gifts? I've already purchased very frugally gifts for my toddler and baby. I don't have guilt. <laughs> I don't give a bleep. <laughs> Toddlers and babies specifically are the easiest to buy presents for because they love everything and they don't really know what's going on. They will not remember. Your toddler and baby will not remember what is happening. They'll remember the love. They'll remember cuddles. They won't remember stuff. So if you feel like you need to get some, get them something else, it's not for the baby. It's for you. It's for a different family member. It's for an expectation that you have. It's not for the baby and it's not for the toddler. As I parented for 19, over 19 years now, and I've watched a lot of stages and, and other kids end up with more things and other kids end up with less things. The truth is if you feel confident in your parenting decisions, it's a lot easier to not care how in the world other parents do it for their kids because you feel good about the way you're doing it for your kids. So I told this story before, but I, we didn't have any money when our kids were, you know, toddlers and babies. And I did feel bad about that at the time. That's why I'm telling you not to feel guilty because I've learned from that. So the following year, I found a garage sale, like a great one with these amazing gifts for 25 cents. You know, you go to one of those rich neighborhoods and they're just getting rid of brand new stuff for nothing. So I did that. And I had bags and bags of gifts and it was this carnival mountain Christmas present pile. I was excited because in the past I couldn't get them very much and I was able to get them quite a bit at a cheaper price, but the kids were overwhelmed. They actually weren't that happy with everything because it wasn't as thoughtful and it was too much. And I learned from that Christmas that that is not what the kids need. So I was able to reverse gears and come back and really try not to do that again. When I do buy gifts, I really try to get them things that they're going to love, that they're going to use, and not that's just going to clutter my house. Do I spend more on the kids now that I am more financially stable? Yes, the budget has gone up for sure. Um, but that's just the natural order of things when 
you move from toddlers and young children to teenagers. Their stuff gets smaller in size, but the price climbs exponentially. So I will give you an example. I used to be able to buy shoes for my younger children for very inexpensive $20 less. And that would be a great Christmas present. It was something they needed. Maybe it was a pair of snow boots. We live in a very snowy climate. So that's kind of a need. Well, guess what? All three of my teenage sons are in men's shoe sizes, men's, not children's. I, they don't make children's sizes big enough for my three sons. I have automatically gone to paying more money. You can get some sick games, like little kids games for under $10. Now that they're older, they're asking for iPods. They're asking for like a ski trip with their friends. Okay, that sounds crazy if you don't live in a ski town. <laughs> Let me explain the skiing. When you live in a place that has skiing, it's actually pretty inexpensive. The schools do discount passes. Locals get discount passes. You don't have to go to a huge resort. You can borrow gear, you know, from other people. So maybe the lift ticket for the day is $40. Like don't, don't think it's several hundred dollars, right? Because that would be a huge Christmas present in my opinion. But my son could probably go snowboarding with his friends for $40, right? So that's kind of what we're talking about. I know people who don't live in the northern mountainy climates it, it probably is very expensive for those people because they have to travel and stay in the hotels and rent everything at the resort and they go to the big resorts not the small resorts anyway that's a whole lesson on how you can ski for cheap but something else that i've done as we have become more financially stable is i really have eliminated the gifts and the last two years we've done trips last christmas we went down to St. George, Utah. Southern Utah is spectacular. It's one of my favorite places on earth. There are so many outdoorsy things to do. And we do have some family in the area. We can hang out with family. We go mountain biking and hiking. One of the family members has a community pool that's inside. So even though it's, it's, it's not cold, it might be 50 or 60 degrees, but we could still take the kids swimming for free basically. And because we did the big trip for about a week and a half last year, we, we basically did stockings only and no other presents. And the same thing is true this year. We're doing another trip for Christmas this year. Not really doing gifts, not doing stockings, not even taking them with us this time. So it's okay to change the way you do things as time goes on. And as you realize that it's really not about the stuff. That's what I've learned as I've gotten older and parenting older kids. It's really, really not about the stuff. They remember the experiences that you have together and the relationships that you build much more than, you know, the AirPods they got when they were 15. How do you tell your family this will probably be the last time we will be there for the holidays? This is a challenging one when you are first moving out and becoming financially stable and independent when you're pretty young still. Like in my early 20s, mid 20s, I, I didn't do this. It, I think it was when we had three kids that my husband and I were like, you know what? It's getting to be too much. We're spending Christmas day at our house. It's okay to like create your own family experience. If you live semi close to family, you know, you can say, I'll see you on Christmas Eve, or I'll see you later on Christmas day, or we're just going to do Christmas with us. I love this advice. I think it's so true. And I've said it before, but you make the decisions that are best for your family. And then everybody else can be a grown up about it. You make the decision you're and you can just say, Hey, this is going to be the last year we're going to travel to do family next year. We're really going to try and create new traditions, new memories with my family. I just wanted to let you know. And then they can do whatever they want with that. And if they're, if they're not grown ups about it, that's not on you. <laughs> 
In fact, this conversation right here reminds me, if you haven't done the five days to an organized Christmas course or workshop I did with Dawn from The Minimal Mom and Callie from But First Coffee, it is a free five-day course. I will leave that information in the show notes and in the description box of the YouTube channel. It's You can still access it. It's totally free if you want to do it. There's a ton of great information. There's a 30-page planner for the holidays. If you want to go check that out, there's also a supportive Facebook group that I really, really enjoy. There's some amazing women in there. So we talk about a lot of these issues that I think you'll really like. I think you'll get a lot out of it. So I definitely encourage you to go check it out. My favorite holiday tradition that I started with my family was doing the nice Christmas meal on Christmas Eve and changing Christmas day to relaxed snacks, like snacking and appetizers and, and maybe some pie. I didn't want to spend all day Christmas Day cooking and prepping for a meal. And we do a pretty simple meal on Christmas Eve. It's normally when we're not traveling, it's like a beautiful steak, some mashed potatoes, and a green salad and a dessert. It's very simple. It's kind of like a standard dinner. It's just we don't have really high quality steaks all the time. So it is a little more special. What I really like is my sister-in-law does a candlelight dinner for Christmas Eve. So she'll turn all the lights off and do dinner by candlelight, which also makes it kind of special. It's really fun if you haven't tried it. Uh, what was on my menu for Thanksgiving? So we smoked three smaller turkeys. Each turkey was about 10 pounds. We brined them overnight and we smoked them on the smoker. We had mashed potatoes. My sister-in-law brought rolls and three pies. I also made cornbread dressing. Haley made the green bean casserole. My other sister brought like three more desserts and a sausage brown rice casserole. And I think that was it. It was gorgeous. It was a beautiful meal and it was the best turkey I ever made. I was so happy with how that worked out. How do you gracefully say you don't want to participate in secret Santas or gift exchanges? Uh, my friend Dawn talked about this specifically in the organized Christmas course. So I'm going to, I'm going to recommend you there. The principal has amazing phrases and tactics you can use that I think will really come in handy. So I'm not the best person to ask for that because I actually love the gift exchanges. I love them. I love the social time. I love the people. It's not something I try to get out of. I think you will appreciate her advice on that one. Last question for today. How do you split time between my family and Dave's for the holidays? Like I said earlier, my family does whatever's best for my family. Now that we're much older, I've been married for 20 years. My kids' ages are 12 through 19. So we're moving on to like my kids are moving out and then coming back for the holidays holidays. So if it doesn't make sense to travel and see family, then we just don't. We're clear about our communication. We say, hey, we're going to do blah, blah, blah for Thanksgiving. Like last year, I'm trying to think what we did last year. Last year we did Thanksgiving with my mom and we went to Southern Utah for Christmas and saw a lot of Dave's family there. And then this year I hosted Thanksgiving and we're traveling. We're not going to see anybody at Christmas this year because that's just the way it works out. And because I live fairly close to my family, it, it doesn't feel necessary to spend a holiday with family because it's a holiday because I see them so much anyway. So we actually, we try to spend, if we're going to travel and see family, it's usually Dave's family because they're the ones we don't see quite as often because they're a little bit further away. But to be honest, we, we do our own thing and we see the other family throughout the rest of the year. Honestly, with Dave's family, we do family reunions in the summer. So we see all of them at least once a year anyway. And it's not at the holidays. It's during the summer. And that works out really, really well for us. So maybe you are in a stage of life where you want to transition into doing that as you create your own family and your own traditions outside of the family that you grew up in, which is an interesting 
step to take. But as you move towards that, I think you really like it. Uh, we really like the way that we do it. And we still see everybody multiple times a year. So it's not like we're going years and years and years without seeing family. Next week, I will have my daughter back and we will be talking all about the Grand Canyon, answering all of your questions. So subscribe and leave me a review if you haven't yet. And I'll chat with you next week.